Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Coffee Clash. The Coffee Clash and Special Needs Talk Radio Network feature outstanding programming for the special needs community. Our team of hosts provide educational interviews. Our shows are not designed to provide listeners with specific or personal medical, legal, or professional service or advice. Parents of children with health issues should always consult their health care provider for medical advice, medications, or treatment. Any show discussing rights and law for special needs children and special education are presented as general information and not legal advice. Special Needs Coffee Clash Limited does not promote any hosts or guests' individual practice, programs, treatments, or products. We thank you for joining us and are proud to provide excellence in broadcasting for the special needs community. And now, on to the interview. Good afternoon. This is Marianne Russo. I am the president and founder of the Coffee Clash Special Needs Talk Radio Network. And today, we have Autism in Love. Autism in Love is a feature-length documentary that explores the lives of four autistic adults as they pursue and manage romantic relationships. And I had the pleasure of viewing this film last night, and I found it to be incredibly poignant and powerful. The people and the stories in this documentary made me smile, made me cry, but most importantly, it made me really think about a view of adults with autism rarely discussed. You know, romantic love and autism, it's something that is very rarely brought up. And, you know, I've been doing this show a long time, over five years, with over 500 interviews. And, you know, I'm not sure if um, our guests, Matt and Carolina, realize Another really important message that they've tapped into in this film, you know, the autism community is one of the most divided I've encountered. And, you know, it's for many reasons. But what struck me as I watched this movie was the totality of it. Uh, There are those that want to find a cure, want to not have their autism or for their child to have autism. And there are others that embrace their differences and advocate for neurodiversity. You know, I have always said I personally see both sides, but as I watched this beautiful documentary, it struck me how well both of these views, you know, possibly unknowingly, were represented. And, um, you know, there are all different kinds of love, but when it comes down to it, love is love. And my guests, Matt Fuller, the director, and Carolina Gropa, the producer, are here with me. And congratulations, this film is in the Tribeca Film Festival, and it is beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Marianne. Thank you for having us today. We're really excited to be chatting with you. Thank you. Well, this, you know, this, like I said, it's very powerful, um, it has been in my head all day, um, and that's a good thing. So, <laughs> you know, why don't you start off by telling me, you know, what drew you to this topic? Because it's so unusual, and it's so well done. Well, thank you very much. I think, uh, Carolina, you want to take yeah. the background? So I actually have been working for a doctor who had been in the autism field for about 20 years. His name is um, Dr. Ira Haleville, and um you know, I had been a personal assistant to him, and he knew of my interest in filmmaking and storytelling. And so uh, he came up to me with this idea and said, you know, I want to do research on a, or a book or a blog on adults with autism and romantic relationships. And so I, being his assistant, started scouring all the medical journals, everything that was out there, and realized there was nothing out there. And it was 
very scary and alarming. Um, mm-hmm. And so I told him, and from there on, he was like, well, "This is we should change that." And so we decided that the best way to change that would be through the lens of a documentary film. And then from that point, Matt got involved pretty early on, and we did about six months of research with adults uh, with autism locally to us in Los Angeles. Just asked them like a series of standardized questions that Ira then planned to analyze um, with his group of um, you know experts in this field, and we just really got sort of overwhelmingly um, connected to this this community that prior to this film, neither Matt or myself knew anything about autism. And so we knew it was really special. And what we found in that research phase is that people, adults with autism, are hungry to tell their story and to have their voices be heard. And so we moved out of the way and we started rolling our cameras in 2013. Um, and then we let the story unfold. And we were very blessed to have the stars align and, and get what you what you saw on the screen, which is incredible. Um, and so here we are, a year later, since the film has finished, premiering at the Tribeca Film Festival, which is insane. And so amazing. <laughs> it's so incredible. Um, you know, I, I've done interviews on um, consensual sex um, and people on the spectrum. And a lot of what we was discussed was, um, you know, very generic and very, um, you know, talked about asexuality and a lot of other things, but nothing that you can discuss can compare to seeing your documentary. Um, you know, let, let me just, let's get going because we don't have much time. I know you're on a media blitz right now. Um, <laughs> so, and and as you should be. Um, but as I said when I opened, you know, this film made me smile, it made me cry, and it made me think. So let me start off with what made me smile. Dave and Lindsay, Uh, they're two adults with autism who have found a really special love. Um, Lindsay is absolutely beautiful. She's intelligent, and Dave is very handsome. He's analytical. He's a scientist. And, um, well, let me first say that the weaving of parents of the featured people in this documentary is just wonderful. Um, You know, particularly Lindsay's father, Gordon. You know, he speaks of the missing social antenna which, you know, any parent can really understand. You know, it's under, it's, it's being a, the ability to understand your personal space, you know, pushing people away. Um, you know, and he stated that Lindsay had no antenna, but Dave and Lindsay at times in this documentary seem as, a, as though they're from two different worlds, with, you know, Dave applying his scientific formulas to the emotions and Lindsay trying to unravel her conflicting emotional, emotions. But yet when Lindsay discusses the challenges and rigidity um, which is so common in autism, I mean, you know, and the ability to understand each other's comfort zones. Um, you know, it could, she discusses how it can make communicating difficult for them. But she also says something that's so beautiful and so universal that it really struck me. And she said, although Dave doesn't always understand me, he tries. A person can love you without understanding you. Yes, it is possible. And, you know, I was thinking when I was watching them that these two are so normal. If you think about it, the relationship is so typical because the man has the analytical mind and the woman has the emotional mind, and it's just like amplified, you know, but it's so beautiful. So, you know, what do you hope people get from that relationship? Well, I think primarily they're, they're a story of inspiration, right? I mean, they're so, David and Lindsay are so articulate and poignant and able to kind of capture in very distinct ways. Um, how autism plays a role in their relationship. And to not spoil the movie for everybody, you know, they they grow in very meaningful and inspiring ways. And so, you know, we hope people uh, see first and foremost that adults with autism can have a meaningful, complex, 
romantic relationship. Um, and, and it's done so well with them that uh, we hope it inspires people. Yeah, you know, I, I, in this couple, um, especially with Lindsay, um, I, th- I think that, you know, you see something in it that you don't see so much, you know, in the other character, uh, other people, which is the, um, the scars of childhood. Lindsay was diagnosed later in life. And, um, you know, you can see how the scars of um, rejection have still carried through, you know, into her life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's just amazing, you know, like when I hope everybody sees this film. But, you know, the the, the ways that she copes is just incredible. Um, you know, and obviously you know them. So, you know, what what is your impression of her? I mean, she just seems like such an incredible woman. She is absolutely that, a very incredible woman. I think you're hitting the nail on the head. I mean, the scars of uh, where she comes from have shaped a lot of who she is today. Um, I think she's developed a a wonderful set of mechanisms to navigate the world, uh, you know, in spite of the deficits. Um, And, you know, I do kind of want to say that uh, we really got a lot of their life uh, you know, captured in this documentary, but um, there's a lot more that we didn't include that really kind of shapes and uh, gives you a more in-depth portrait of, of who they are in terms of their background and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, Lindsay is just absolutely amazing. Like I said, articulate and compassionate and loving and, you know, maybe most importantly for the context of this documentary, capable of opening up and being vulnerable. Um, and I think that that's what makes her and Dave's journey so compelling, is that we get to see it inside um, in that way. Yeah, you know, and Carolina, their unique um, way of interacting with each other, um, you know, I think we can all learn from it. You, did you get that, too, that, that sense? It's almost yeah. like a sense of acceptance. It was just so cool. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think we can all take a page out of the Lindsay and Dave book. I mean, the way they communicate with each other is so clear and so direct, and there's no passive aggressiveness or weirdness like some neurotypical couples may do. You know, it's very, I don't feel comfortable talking about this. It's okay, I understand, I'm sorry, and that's it, you know. Um, And feelings maybe do get hurt, but at least there is no confusion about why that is. And so just their, their vulnerability with each other and their honesty with each other, I think, is for me, with their story specifically, is the biggest thing I, I took away from it. Right. You know, and that's what I took away from it, too, was, as you said, their honesty and their ability to communicate for people that are labeled as having, you know, these severe communication deficits. I thought they communicated better than most people I know. Um, so well, I, I agree. I think Lindsay's dad once said something to me that stuck. You know, with Lindsay, we can learn from people with autism instead of about people with autism. I thought that was... Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, as, as I'm going to talk about the different things now, I mean, the, the beauty of this film, as I, you know, I spoke before about the totality of it, but, you know, in my head today I kept saying they really captured so many different facets. Um, and, you know, the old saying, if you know one person with autism, you know one person with autism. Um, right. And that, that's so true in this because I'm, I'm going to move on to what made me cry. And I literally mean cry. Um, Lenny and his mom, Kathy. Lenny is the youngest of the people featured in Autism and Love. He's a young man, I, I'd say probably in his early 20s. Am, am I correct? You are, yes, you're correct. Okay. And, you know, 
he does not like being different. He pretends in his mind that he's not autistic. He's a young man feeling isolated, um, unvalued, and it. I felt he was at times truly tormented. You know, a young man searching for love, sex, and completion of himself through a woman. And, you know, I saw him to be a man who would clearly, as he stated, give up just about anything um, to not be autistic. And, you know, when when people think of um, autistics and love, they think of the myth that all people with autism are asexual. And many are, but many are not. And Lenny wants sex, you know, just like any other normal 20-something-year-old man. Um, But more importantly, he wants love. And that's what really struck me. You know, he says, sex on the first date, that's not love. That's reckless love. Waiting, that's love. How profound. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and probably the most powerful of scenes in the movie for me is when Lenny finally breaks down and, you know, he's crying and he says, I'm a good person. I'm a good guy. It hurts, you know, Um, and and part of it was just so painful to watch because your heart just ached for him and for for his mom. Um, But I think it was an important thing for people to see. So, you know. Why did you feel it important to have um, a person like Stephen in the film, somebody that was so broken at times? Yeah, I do. I think Lenny's presence in the film is critical, and it offers uh, a perspective that I I frankly hadn't heard often, which is um, this hurts and I don't like it. You know, at times it does get really dark with him. He really goes to some places that are very extreme, and, you know, it's painful to watch and be in those moments with him. But... Ultimately, it felt to me to be a more honest portrayal of the conversation we were wanting to have if we included mm-hmm. that that voice in there. You know, we didn't want this to be all flowers and roses. We wanted it to be complex and, and nuanced and, and most of all honest. So that's that's why I think Lenny is such an important part of the movie. Well, parents are really going to relate to this. And I think more importantly, um, young adults are really going, young males are really going to relate to Lenny. And I think as, you know, painful as it is to see somebody um, going through that, I think it's it's so important. And I think that, um, you know, it's, I don't want to give anything away, but I think that his um, and his mom, you know, I think there are just so many lessons to be learned and so many people are going to relate to this because this is the reality. You are showing the reality. It's not all, you know, uh, rainbows and butterflies um, in this film, but it's it's really important and there are just great messages. Um, you know, when I when I think about Lenny and his mom, you know, I look at her and I saw such a strong woman. Um, you know, when she sat beside him through his tears, I just thought that was incredible. She really is a remarkable woman. I mean, she's everything you see on screen and more. She just has this unyielding love and support for her son. And, you know, I think the, the other reason I think that their story is so fascinating or so important to talk about is that, um, you know, Lemmy doesn't come from an affluent background. His socioeconomic status has dictated a lot of the advantages or disadvantages that he was afforded growing up as a person with autism. And so, therefore, he hasn't had exposure to all the therapies that may have really enabled him with the, to have the emotional wherewithal to navigate the world a little bit more efficiently. So, uh, you know, he, in my eyes, he is somebody that the system has failed. 
right? He's, he's just got the, you know, and so here he is, a young man, uh, ill-equipped to be in the world, and, you know, and, and we don't have a safety net for him. We don't have a place to to help him learn and grow. And his mother would, would do anything, you know, that she could for him. But the mm-hmm. fact of the matter is there's, there's not a, a deep pocketbook that can subsidize the one-on-one or, you know, whatever it is that would really make a difference. And so um, I, I felt like it was important to include that because that's, that's the sort of um, one of the subversive agendas, I guess, with, with Lenny being in the, in the film is that this is what it looks like when somebody's not helped in the way they need. And, you know, what What else I got from it was uh, motivation. Um, you know, because Lenny is very aware of what he's missing. He's very aware of um, what how autism has um, robbed him of certain things that other, you know, men or women his age have. Um, and I think that was really important because, you know, as that story evolves, you really see how his awareness motivates him. So, you know, again, I, I just thought it was just such a great message. Um, and, you know, let's move on. We only have uh, four minutes left. I know you guys are busy. So I want to talk about what made me really think about this film. Um, and that was Stephen. Mm. Whoa, Stephen. Stephen is a middle-aged man, right? Your heart just dropped, right? Stephen yeah. is a middle-aged man with significant, I, I, I considered him to have significant challenges, and he has savant-like gifts. Um, you know, his parents, Edith and Max, you know, in my mind, are trailblazers because back in the day, keeping their child from a life of institutions um, was incredible. Um, and, you know, Temple's mom did it. A lot of people did it. And, um, you know, I just I, I'm, I'm just in, in, just in awe of what they've been able to do. And yet they said, um, the parents, Edith and Max, said, we didn't dare hope for a relationship for him. We knew he couldn't express his feelings. We hoped for independence for him. Um, you know, and, and Stephen got married to a woman um, who also had um, disabilities, yet they were able to complement each other's strengths and deficits to create a really unique union. And, um, you know, of of the four people that you have featured in the film, Stephen sticks with me. You know, love. When I I think of that portion of the film, I think of love. And what does it mean to someone unable to express feelings or truly comprehend the emotion? And, you know, one of the most poignant lines in the movie is when his wife, Gaeta, is asked, how do you know Stephen loves me, uh, loves you? And she says, the way he looks at me. Oh my God! It's like I melted, you know. I I You're don't think I will ever get Stephen's eyes out of my mind. There's so much unsaid. There's so much intensity. It was so beautifully filmed. Oh, thank you for those kind words. I mean, Stephen is um, really inspiring and remarkable and complex, and was just a fascinating person to get to know. I think, um, you know, I don't want to give away too much about his story that unfolds in the film, but no. he he certainly. Uh, from the beginning, seems like he's got a lot working against him, and to watch him um, thrive in the face of those adversities, I think it's really inspiring and powerful. Yeah, you know, Clarely, let me ask you: What are your hopes and fears for this aging population? Because as I was watching, when I was thinking about Stephen's story, um, you know, I, I had worry, um, and yet I had hope. 
so it was like really conflicting in you know within me so you know what is your thought on this aging population because it's as you you know it's just going to grow right i think that you know we feel very grateful to be a part of the beginnings of the conversations that should be going on right now about what is going to happen with these kids when they grow up and they have these desires and there's no support for them unless you're in a really big city and even then it's still very difficult so to be a part of that conversation and to be a part of something that will hopefully start that conversation is is incredible and more than I can hope for. So um, I hope that our film inspires others to make more films like this and to give adults with autism their voice and um, and just, just keep this thing going because it's been a very dormant subject that I think everyone has been wondering. Yeah, and I think the underlying hope is that this, this starts <laughs> Uh, a sense of empowerment for the children who are becoming adults, uh, mm-hmm. and and they realize that um, just because there are some things in the way doesn't mean they can't have what they want or deserve in life. Absolutely, and you know, just for the, for the listeners, we've just touched upon um, what's featured in this film with these you know amazing people. Um, you know, you really need to watch it because I we I intentionally didn't want to give anything away but um these stories are just amazing they are going to touch your heart um you know and and like you uh matt and carolina you know this is a passion for me i i am uh, one of the founders of you know newly launched institute the bright not broken Lorna wing institute of america and what we're doing is um we are going to be um offering a tool that diagnoses um children with autism, but it it looks for strengths. And when I was watching this, I was saying each of these people has such incredible strengths, but they've been lost and masked by their disabilities. And I think that when you watch this film, it's just so obvious how people can overcome such challenges, you know. Um, And I'm hoping that this does start the conversation um, where these people, like we said, these are people that are – can do brilliant things if they're given the opportunity. Absolutely. <clears throat> That's right. And I think that, uh, you know, as this conversation continues, people will start to make those associations more quickly. Yeah. I mean, that they would just, it, 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 to, to the listeners, it's really a beautifully done. Um, if you're a parent, um, you should have a child with autism, you should see this. If you are a person with autism, you should see this. I would love educators to see this. Everybody needs to see this um, because the autism population is just growing and it's growing into the age group um, where this is a really important topic. So where is everybody going to be able to see this film? Well, I think we will have more answers uh, about exactly where they can see it on the other side of Tribeca. Um, For now, they can stay in touch with us on Facebook and that way we can, you know, keep them abreast of updates and, uh, you know, once we have a distribution strategy, um, we can keep everybody updated that way. So, yeah, we're Autism in Love on Facebook, and we would love to, you know, keep in touch with anybody who's interested in seeing the film. And your website is www.autisminlove.com, and you yes. are very visible and approachable on Twitter at the same, at Autism um, in Love. So, you know, I congratulate you. I thank you. This is just a fantastic piece. Thank oh, you so thank much. you so much, Marianne. We really appreciate that, and uh, appreciate your time today yes. being on the show. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to be screaming it from the rooftops. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, terrific. Thank you for joining me. Thank, thank you very you much. Have a great day, Marianne. You too. As I end each show, 
You are your child's best advocate. If not you, then who? Become an informed, educated parent with us here at The Coffee Clatch. You can find us at www.thecoffeeclatch.com. Thank you very much. We will see you on Sunday.